Hi, this is Ophira Eisenberg from Ask Me Another. As an NPR listener, we know you have thoughts, passion, and opinions, and clear ideas about how the world should work. Come on, admit it, you know you do. And we're a new show constantly seeking to improve ourselves. We'd love to hear from you. Fill out a survey at amasurvey.org. And be honest, we can take it. From NPR and WNYC, this is Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is the man with the golden guitar, Jonathan Colton. Hello. Hello. Let's bring up our first two contestants, why don't we? Let's welcome Rebecca Chu and Paul Dreyer. Thank you. Uh, Rebecca, you are a social science lawyer, but your hobby is quantum physics. Yes. <laughs> I like quarks. And Paul, you're a, a bonds trader, but you are really into math. These are both true. You guys are like, you should talk. You should hang out. <laughs> Those skills in this game will not help at all. Awesome. Because <laughs> this game is called We Didn't Start the Fire. Now, Jonathan has been wanting to play this Billy Joel song since the beginning of the show, the inception. He demanded, and we waited and waited, and finally we just gave in to this guilty pleasure. That is not how I remember it happening, but... uh, Yes, this this is a game show, so we have changed some of the lyrics of Billy Joel's song, We Didn't Start the Fire, to be some trivia questions. So listen carefully, ring in when you know the answer. The winner of this round will go on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. (laughs) Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter White, Cooks Meth on what show? (laughs) What? Paul. Breaking Bad. That is correct. I heard cooking math on what show? Cooking math. That's just the way your brain works. so that's why I was thrown. Yeah, that's just the way you you hear math and everything, don't you, Paul? It's a drug of sorts. (laughs) Is it? Flipping fractions, I understand. (laughs) Divide by zero right now. (laughs) Rosenberg's H-bomb, Sugar Ray, Panmujam, Brando, the king and I. What seeds are baked in Jewish rye? Rebecca. Rye. <laughs> uh, Caraway. Sorry. That's right. That's right. That is right. <laughs> We're going to give it to you. Eisenhower vaccine. England's got a new queen. Marciano Liberace. What's Japanese for goodbye? Paul. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sayonara. Sayonara. <laughs> Little Rock, Pasternak, Mickey Mantle, Kerouac, Sputnik, Joe and Lion, what country's the river Kwai? Rebecca. Japan. Oh, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Paul, do you have an answer to steal? Uh, China? Also incorrect. Let's see if anyone out there knows. Some people did, and a lot of people didn't. (laughs) Thailand is the correct answer. Thailand. Lebanon, Charles de Gaulle, California baseball, Stark weather homicide, who's Ryan Reynolds' new bride? 
Paul. Lake Lively? Yes, that is correct. Hemingway, Eichmann, stranger in a strange land, Dylan, Berlin, state the Pythagorean theorem. Finally, you could put this to good use. Paul. Um, the sum of the squares of the lengths of the two legs of a right triangle is equal to the, sum, the square of the hypotenuse. No, 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 the kind of stuff we learned in public school. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. There you go. Yeah, for goodness sake, dumb it, dumb it down a little bit, Paul. I can prove it with a pretty picture. <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia, British Beatlemania, Ole Miss, John Glenn, Liston Beats, Patterson, Pope Paul, Malcolm X, British politician sex, JFK, blown away, who sang at his 45th birthday? <laughs> Rebecca. Marilyn Monroe? That is correct. Birth control, Ho Chi Minh, Richard Nixon back again, moonshot, Woodstock, here's a joke, knock, knock. Paul. Who's there? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Begin, Reagan, Palestine, terror on the airline, Ayatollahs in Iran, Russians in Afghanistan, Wheel of Fortune, Sally Ride, heavy metal, suicide, foreign debts, homeless vets, what breed is Obama's pet dog? <laughs> Rebecca. Portuguese water dog. That is correct. It was a very close game, but it looks to me like, Paul, you are our winner just by a hair. Thank you. You're going to be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Rebecca, great job. Thank you for being such a wonderful contestant. All right, Jonathan, do you want to indulge us and finish off that song, you got to hear the chorus, right? Yes, I guess. we do. Audience is crying out for it. We did a start to fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. We did a start to fire. No, we didn't light it, but we tried to fight it. Fight that fire, Billy Joe. Thank you, Jonathan, for lighting the fire. True. Would you like to play something you would choose? You know, I'm actually a Billy Joel fan. Uh, this is a song called Pressure. You have to learn to pace yourself You're just like everybody else only had to run so far, so good. But you will come to a place where the only thing you feel are loaded guns in your face, and you'll have to deal with pressure. You used to call me paranoid. But even you cannot avoid You turn the tap dance into your crusade Now here you are with your faith And your Peter Pan advice You have no scars on your face 
And you cannot handle pressure. Jonathan Colton. Thank you. In front of me right now are our next two contestants. Please welcome Mark Levy and Ananta Verpungsi. Thanks for coming on Ask Me Another. Thank you. Now, Ananta, I learned that you are about to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. That is correct. That is fantastic. And I, I understand before you do that, you usually need to do a trivia show to get in the mode, right? They say it's the best exercise. <laughs> You're in luck because Mark here is actually part of the Earth Institute at Columbia U. So, Mark, can you give her a little bit of advice? Take oxygen. Take oxygen. <laughs> Our next game is called On the Colbert Rapport. Why, you may ask? Because it's about words that feature a silent T. <laughs> For example, if we said an NBA referee might blow it, you would answer whistle. Right? Ring in when you know the answer. Natalie Portman took lessons in this for her role in Black Swan. Ananta. Ballet. Correct. Evil ballet at that. Pod to destruction. A natural phenomenon whose name literally translated means harbor wave. Ananta. Tsunami. Tsunami is correct. It's what a person who rents an apartment doesn't have to pay. Sounds good. Mark. Mortgage. That is correct. Fruit-colored fashion item featured in a 1985 hit song by Prince. Ananta. Beret. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Jeeves, Cato, and Mr. Bates from Downton Abbey are all fictional characters with this job. Ananta. Butler. Ooh, I'm afraid there is a strong tea in Butler. <laughs> Mark? Valet. Valet, you get the points. <laughs> Stolen! Though there's no mention of a George or a Ringo, Paul and John are each one in the New Testament. Mark? Apostles. Apostles, exactly. And we both know that George and Ringo are featured, of course, in the Talmud. New York City's Grand Central Terminal is one. So is the Port Authority Bus Terminal. And you are right to both look puzzled. It's tricky. <laughs> New York City's Grand Central Terminal is one. Oh, Mark. Depot? Depot, yes. <laughs> A car company whose logo is nicknamed the Bowtie. Mark. Chevrolet. That's correct, Chevrolet. A legal principle permitting the use of force in self-defense is the expression, a man's home is his what? Mark. Castle. Castle, that is correct. It's a hairy, human-like creature that supposedly lives in the northwestern of the United States and western Canada. Anunta. Yeti. Ooh, sorry, Yed. 
Mark? Sasquatch? Sasquatch is what we were looking for. There you go. We also would have accepted Big Foo. (laughs) Mark, congratulations. You are a winner of this round. You are moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Coming up later, joining us as our VIP, that is very important puzzler, is the very one and only Dr. Ruth Westheimer. For almost 30 years, she's been the go-to person for questions on love, sex, and relationships. So I ask you this, what was the name of her long-running radio program? Your answer to come when we put Dr. Ruth in the puzzle hot seat. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. in WNYC. You're listening to Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me on stage is our puzzle guru, Art Chung. Greetings, Ophira. Hello, Art. And as always, a man with a thousand guitars, Jonathan Colton. (laughs) Hello. Now, Art, earlier we asked, what was the name of Dr. Ruth's long-running radio show? Do you know what that is? I do. Her show was called Sexually Speaking, and I'm told it airs Sundays at midnight. Oh, did you uh, not listen? I was listening to Non-Sexually Speaking. <laughs> is that what the, the puzzle gurus all listen to? It was d and puzzles, yeah. <laughs> I understand. A power hour, I'm sure, of that. Let's bring up our next two brave contestants. Please welcome Mira Siddharth and Helen Stoilas. Here's a question for you. Who do you think is the greatest author of all time? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, Shakespeare? Good. That's a great answer for being put on the spot. I'm liking that. Helen, what do you think? J.K. Rowling. (laughs) I can see how this game is going to divide up a little bit. I think I'm in trouble. (laughs) I think you're both fine, actually. Art, what are we playing? Well, this game is called Our Greatest Author but it's referring to spy novelist Robert Ludlum. And Robert Ludlum's books are famous not only for their elaborate conspiracies and gripping plots, but also for the strict pattern in their titles, such as The Bourne Identity, The Icarus Agenda, and The Prometheus Deception. Very creative, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to rename famous books in the style of Robert Ludlum, and you have to guess the original work. (laughs) Here's an example. In a controversial 1955 novel... Ludlum explored the furtive double life of his protagonist, an erudite professor with a sexual obsession. He called it the Humbert depravity. (laughs) That would be the novel Lolita. You got that? Yep. Okay. All right, the contestant who gets more right moves on to our final round at the end of the show. Here we go. In this 1964 Ludlum book, the hero's chance discovery of a hidden ticket launches him on a baffling tour through the shadowy world of a secretive candy manufacturer. Ludlum titled it The Wonka Confection. (laughs) Mira. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You are correct. (laughs) This 1996 Ludlum novel follows an unnamed narrator as he meets a mysterious stranger and starts an underground society dedicated to fisticuffs. He called the book The Durden Hallucination. 
Helen. Fight Club. That is Fight Club. So far, both Shakespeare and Harry Potter are paying off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a 1951 Ludlam book, the red-hatted hero spends several crummy days fending off an oppressive cabal of phonies following the titular event, the Caulfield expulsion. Mira. Catcher in the Rye. Catcher in the Rye, correct. <laughs> Recently, Ludlam wrote a young adult trilogy employing familiar themes, a secretive, despotic government, constant surveillance, and a conflicted heroine fighting for her life. It's all in the Everdeen Tournament. Mira. The Hunger Games. Yes. That must be a favorite of yours, Helen, because I actually, Mira... Got, I actually you, have a bow and arrow at home. <laughs> <laughs> it, because of that particular book, series, and film? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a dork. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't make you special here right now, by the way. We're all with you. Ludlam won a Pulitzer for this cult classic about a philosophical hero who rages against the idiocy of the modern world while living at home with his mother in New Orleans. He titled it The Ignatius Eccentricity. Confederacy Helen. of Dunces? A Confederacy of Dunces, correct. In 1960, Ludlam tried his hand at children's books writing a gripping thriller about an innocent man who is stalked and harassed by a stranger who insists that he sample an odd delicacy. It's called <laughs> The Sam I Am Provocation. <laughs> Helen. Green Eggs and Ham. Yes. <laughs> Starring Matt Damon as Sam. <laughs> I will not eat them. <laughs> That was your Jason Bourne <laughs> slash Dr. Seuss impersonation. Yeah, I was channeling Matt Damon. It, it yeah. sounded threatening. I'm yeah. not going to lie. It sounded threatening. Ludlam drew from his own life story in this 1916 novel about finding one's calling as a writer while coming of age in Ireland at the end of the 19th century. He called it the Daedalus Formation. Uh, Helen. Finnegan's Wake? No. Sorry. Mira, do you know? Ulysses? No. Uh, anyone in, out there know? Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, the earlier one. <laughs> the only one we read, really. Yeah. <laughs> I was going on a long shot. <laughs> and we have a tie. <laughs> All right. Here's your tiebreaker. Ludlam also wrote plays. <laughs> His 1606 tragedy featured witches, murders, coups, and conspiracies, plus the shocking twist ending that gives the play its name, the Dunisnane Reforestation. <laughs> Mira? Macbeth? Yes, of course. <laughs> Shakespeare for the win. Mira, you are moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Helen, thank, thank you, you so much. <laughs> If you like Ask Me Another on the radio, you should try a live taping. Tickets for our upcoming shows at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, and elsewhere are available on amatickets.org.
And we have our next two contestants up here chomping at the bit. Let's welcome Shannon Sun Higginson and Jeremy Lynn. Shannon, I enjoy your job as a documentary filmmaker. What are you working on right now? I am working on a film about women in gaming, uh, but it's video games, so it's the wrong type of nerd. <laughs> it's just a different shade of nerd. A different, different shade 50, of 50 nerd. shades of nerd, yeah. So it's women in gaming. Women, women in video in gaming. games. Yes. Very cool. Jeremy Lynn, pleasure to have you. I'm sure you uh, have a lot of fun having the same name as it's, another Jeremy Lynn. It's been quite a ride. Uh, have you benefited from it in any way? People bought you drinks? Uh, you know, sadly, no. Um, <laughs> although there is one guy at the library who consistently looks at my ID and tells me, no way. <laughs> I like that that's a little inside library joke. That's my favorite part. Jonathan, what's our next game? Well, if you have listened to Ask Me Another before, then this game will probably sound familiar to you. It is one of my favorites. It's called This, That, or The Other. We will name an item, and all you have to do is tell us which of three categories that item belongs to. Today's categories are grains, world currencies, or Pokemon characters. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Pokemon is an incredibly popular video game series franchise from Japan that involves collecting and training tiny pocket monsters, and it is very weird. According to the internet, there are 649 different Pokemon species. We're going to alternate questions between contestants, so there is no need to buzz in. Just tell us, is it a grain, a world currency, or a Pokemon character? (laughs) Are you ready? Sure. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Jeremy Dinar. That's a currency. You are right. (laughs) Shannon, sorghum. Um, a grain? It is a grain. (laughs) Jeremy, Squirtle. That's a Pokemon character. Yes. (laughs) It would be a terrible name for a currency. (laughs) The worst currency ever. (laughs) Just be weird. How much? Seven Squirtles? Insane. Shannon, Corona. Currency? It is a currency. You're right. Just warning you, we're lulling you into a false sense of security right now. <laughs> Jeremy, Tef. That's a grain. Yes, it is. <laughs> Shannon, Meowth. I think that's a Pokemon. Yes, you are right. <laughs> I'd love to be like, no, that's a grain. <laughs> meowth. <laughs> meowth. <laughs> Jeremy, Burr. I'm going to go with currency. Yes, it is an Ethiopian currency. Shannon, Charmander. Pokemon. Yes. It sounds, sounds like you have some experience with Pokemon. Is that I think right? he has a fire tail. You're right, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's the char part, right, of the yeah, Charmander. It's a lizard with a... Yeah, they're, they're very literal, these names. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, Amaranth. That is a green. Yes, it is. Yeah, he knows here. a lot about grains. Are you into uh, <laughs> grains? Is that sort of something you're into? Uh, you know, um, at my old co-op that I used to show, they were really big into heritage grains. Oh, oh I didn't know these were artisanal. The uh, yeah, right. 
greens we're speaking of. People were into amaranth before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shannon. Kip. Can you please spell that? <laughs> Very easily. K-I-P. Currency? Yes, it is. I, I trust you were almost led astray by the fact that Mudkip is the name of a Pokemon. Obviously. Okay, Jeremy. Airy Airy. I'm sorry. Uh, that I'm going to go with Pokemon character. No. It's a currency. Is it? A very cute currency who fights. <laughs> no, it is, it is a currency in Madagascar. Okay, Shannon. Phonio. Um, Phonio. I guess a grain. Maybe? It is a grain. Well done. <laughs> Jeremy, but that grain like went out in the 80s, right? Like nobody's into that anymore. I find that if I say the words as if they are cute, it, it tends to mislead people. <laughs> Little Phonio. Jeremy, Mewtwo. Um, Pokemon character. Yes. Some, some kind of a cat, apparently. Hmm. Shannon, Quetzal. Currency. Yes. <laughs> Every one of your guesses, I'm you're really so skeptical. Lucky. I just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Jeremy, Ringgit. Currency. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay, Shannon, Arbok. Pokemon. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Shannon, you did it. You are our winner of this round. You'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Jeremy, we learned so much from you. Thank you so much for being a contestant. Another hand for both of our contestants. Here are our next two contestants, Michelle Skinner and Max Jenikov. We are happy to have you. <laughs> Michelle, are you into, um, do you have any hobbies, outdoor hobbies? Yeah. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> sort of I'm a runner. I run. You're, yeah, that's outdoors, yeah. unless yeah. you run in circles in a basement. Yeah. I don't know. You could do that. <laughs> okay, that's fair. How about you, Max? Outdoor activity? I also run quite a bit. You run quite a bit? Yeah. Okay, then this game is kind of perfect. It's called The Sound of Art. So what we've done is we've recorded our puzzle guru art here making different sounds. And we've mixed them in with a few different kinds of bird calls. And it's your job to figure out, is it a bird or is it the sound of art? Okay? So we're going... That's not the game. How could that possibly be the game? That is not the game. Art, how are your bird calls? Um. Yes. <laughs> so I'm you, a bird. It was, bird. Yeah, it, that would have been too hard of a game. It's hard. Too hard. It's too hard. 
So we've written something else. We're going to teach you how to pronounce the surname of famous artists by piecing together smaller words. For example, if we asked what French Impressionist's last name is the combination of the bossiest of the three stooges plus the sound a horse might make, you would put together mo and nay to come up with Monet. Yes? I got the thumbs up from Max. Michelle, you want to give me some thumbs up? Are you into this? Thumbs up! Feel free to sound out the clues right into the microphone after you buzz in. What American pop artist's last name is a prolonged armed conflict between nations plus a corridor inside of a building? Michelle. Warhol. Warhol. See, easy. What Belgian surrealist's name is an informal term for mother plus a word meaning to welcome or receive? Michelle. Magritte. Magritte. What Spanish romantic's name is a Yiddish term for someone who is not Jewish? <laughs> Michelle is already laughing. Plus a short interjection of hesitation or uncertainty. Michelle. Goya. <laughs> Goya. <laughs> what Russian-American abstract painter is the last name of the author of Goodbye, Columbus, plus the abbreviated term for a company? Max. Rothko. Rothko is correct. What French post-impressionist is an honorific used before the given name of a British knight plus the name of the ancient Egyptian sun god? Max. Seurat. Seurat is right. <laughs> Pointillism for you. <laughs> <laughs> what French sculptor is a three-letter term for fish eggs plus the first name of the host of the popular Savage Love podcast. Max. Rodin. Rodin, yes, exactly, Rodin. <laughs> what Spanish surrealist is a two-letter Irish nickname for a father, plus the last name of the author to kill a mockingbird? Max. Dolly. Dolly, that is correct. Max, you are our winner. You will be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Michelle, thank you so much. Other hand for our contestants extraordinaire. This is still NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm still Ophira Eisenberg. More to come. Plus, we put Dr. Ruth in the Ask Me Another hot seat. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg. And before I introduce our VIP, I would just like to let our listeners know that we're going to be talking about some perhaps 
adult topics. So you might want to put a cartoon on the TV for the kids. Grab some headphones for yourself. Because joining me right now is superstar sex therapist, Dr. Roos Westheimer. Welcome, Dr. Ruth. Uh, So you were giving people advice for three decades on the radio, and even now on YouTube. Has has it changed over the time, what people ask, what they want to know about relationships and sex? I tell you what has changed. Yes. (laughs) What has changed is the vocabulary. Uh, In the olden days, they used to say, she's with child, meaning she's pregnant. And nobody used to speak uh, about issues of sexuality. I can do it because I have a doctorate in it. And what has changed for people like you, the ability of women to have sexual satisfaction. I'm not asking you any personal question because that I only do in my office. Right. But there is no question that the women have heard the message. I'm not the only one. Lots of people talk about sex. And what has changed also, the Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm sure you read it, but I don't ask personal questions. No, no, no. And no, I don't, no. I, and you can't ask me personal no, questions. No, I, I wouldn't dream of it. But I all of your listeners have to know, I did read it, all three volumes, yeah. of course. What a question. I have to read what you people are talking about. So... What is interesting is the things that I've been talking all the time. Women don't answer personally, but in generally, because I watch your face. I, I am dying to answer personally. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing to me. I am dying to. So, they used to say women don't get aroused by sexually explicit literature or movies. And this book proves what I have been saying all along. Not so. So I have to ask you this. Do you have how many grandchildren? I have the best. Four (laughs) grandchildren. And they're all the best. All four of them are the very best. Nobody has four grandchildren like mine. How old is the oldest? Uh, He's going to be 22. 22. finishing college. Okay. The next one is 16. Okay. And the ones in Canada is the girl is is 14 and the boy is 10. So the older ones, do they ever come to you for advice? God forbid. And if they would, I would send them not to a comedian. <laughs> Don't ever send I anyone would to a send comedian. to somebody else. However, I know that they have read my books because I did some books for children. And I also know that sometimes they know what I'm talking sure, about. Of course. But I do not want to ever counsel them. They have parents. But if you come to my office, you I take for free. <laughs> wow. Now you have, I'm taking you up on that offer. Now you have, you've done a lot of things in your life, but when did you know it was your calling to be a sex therapist? I worked in public health and the money ran out on a government project and I needed a part-time job. And Planned Parenthood of New York City offered me, offered me a research position. I took it right away. And I thought I was very well qualified. I had already my master's in sociology and my uh, degree in psychology. I took the job and I thought, what's the matter with them? All they talk about is sex. They don't talk about the weather. They don't talk about comedy. They don't talk about literature. 
Nothing else but sex. 48 hours later, I said, hold it. What an interesting subject matter. I, the other idea I had for my doctoral dissertation, I said goodbye. And I used that data of following 2,000 women with their contraceptive and abortive history and used it for my doctoral dissertation. Then people like you came over and whispered questions. It's so specific, this interview, by the way. But people whispered questions, and I didn't have an answer, and then I was very fortunate. I went to Cornell Medical School, seven years, and uh, twice a week, and I was trained to be a sex therapist. And look, I'm pretty fortunate. I'm I'm still talking about it. I'm a grandmother. I'm going to be 85. 84 now. And also, you decided to do a line of wine. I like the way you say that. Line of wine. Now say what it's called. Vendamour. Vendamour. No, Vendamour. Vendamour. (laughs) (laughs) See, I usually say to a couple like you, everybody is stressed. When you go home, drink a little bit of wine, just to relax. Like two, three bottles? No. (laughs) A little bit. Because if you drink too much, you fall asleep, and he can't perform if he drinks too much. Mm -hmm. And it's only 6% of alcohol, which means people can drink. In their fantasies, they can say that they really drink a lot of wine, (laughs) and then they're going to have good sex. Right afterwards. All right, Dr. Ruth, now I have to ask you, would you be up to getting some trivia? Would you Do like I a... get a prize if I win? You get a prize. Yes. Of course. You're up for an Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes. All right, fantastic. Big hand for Dr. Ruth Westheimer. All right, joining me back on the Ask Me Another stage is our puzzle guru, Art Chung. Hey, Afira. And our one-man musical band, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Make sure that you two there ask me questions that I know how to answer. (laughs) Otherwise, you are going to have good sex for the rest of your life. Done. The stakes are very high. What is your first name? (laughs) Now, Dr. Ruth, we were talking about how times have changed and people's perceptions of relationship and sex have changed. And as you, as a relationship guru, we need your help because earlier we asked our studio audience to fill out some anonymous questionnaires about sex and relationships. Uh, The respondents were predominantly in their 20s and 30s and heterosexual, which differs from you listeners at home, who, according to our research, often have sex while listening to our show (laughs) with numerous partners. So we're going to go through some of the questions that we asked them, and you have to guess how they responded. They're having sex with numerous partners? (laughs) Our show is like an aphrodisiac to some people. I don't know how it works Let them do it with one partner. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give them all a call. Uh, <laughs> during our fundraising drive. Um, For NPR. Okay, and if you answer four of these questions right, you win a prize for Becky Davis Gardner from Greenwood, South Carolina. 
So we asked whether it was okay to break up with someone by text. What do you think they said, yes or no? I hope that they said no. You because ho- I would not like to get a message from somebody, goodbye, I found somebody else. <laughs> well, you hoped right because 90% of our audience said that was not okay. Not okay. I like it. However, on, uh, we didn't ask for any notes, but some people wrote notes on their quizzes, and a 40-year-old male who sees himself as heterosexual added the note, but breaking up in a nice cafe where everyone can see you cry sucks too. That's very sad. Very sad. Because that happened to him, I'm sure. I know, numerous times. We asked about online dating, specifically about lying on your online profile, and we asked what would you be most likely to lie about? Your age, your height, your income, or your desire to get married? The majority of men, which was 42%, would lie about what? The income. That is correct. Nailed it. And nearly half of the women, 46%, said they would lie about what? Their age, their height, their income, or their desire to get married? Age. Actually, it turns out, I would go that way too, their desire to get married. They would lie about that. Yeah, they would lie. Yeah, because they would worry that he would not have a date. Okay. I know. They're like, no, 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 I really want to get married. You know, instead they're like, whatever. (laughs) We asked which of the following was the most overrated, kissing, sex, or monogamy? Oh, boy, that's a difficult one. 42% of all respondents picked which one? Probably monogamy. Yep, afraid so. (laughs) Afraid so. Although one of our respondents gave me hope because she is a uh, 20-year-old female heterosexual and uh, when, with the choices, what's most overrated, kissing, monogamy, sex, she just wrote, I think they're all really great. <laughs> when we asked whether friends can have sex and remain friends, hmm, again, we had a gender split. Really interesting. <laughs> A majority of which group, men or women, said friends can have sex and remain friends? Uh, Men said it, but they are wrong. Yes. (laughs) And they should get used to being wrong. We asked how internet pornography has affected people's love lives. Results were fairly even. Did people say internet pornography improved their sex life or not? Improved. Our respondents said no. Then they didn't watch the right (laughs) programs. Dr. Ruth, please see me after the show. Finally, we asked if they believed in true love. I I hope they said all yes. You think they did? I hope so. 75 percent of all respondents said yes they do believe in true love
81% of women and 67% of men. Well, Dr. Ruth, congratulations. You got five right, so... That's pretty good. That is amazing. <laughs> Becky will be winning an uh, autographed copy of Dr. Ruth's book, Sex for Dummies. Congratulations, <laughs> Becky. And Dr. Ruth, we have our very own Rubik's Cube for you from Ask Me Another. So we will be giving that to you for your prize. Thank you so much, Dr. Ruth, for being an incredible VIP. Jonathan Colton? Yes? Would you like to play a little something for us right about now? I would be happy to. This, uh, what's that? Oh, Dr. Yeah. Ruth would like a love song, please. I, uh, okay, Dr. Ruth. <laughs> This is a uh, this is a George Michael song. It's close. Uh, it is a sexy song about monogamy. <laughs> well, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. I know not everybody has got a body like you, but I gotta think twice before I give my heart away. And I know all the games you play Because I play them too Oh, well, I need some time off From that emotion Time to pick my heart up off the floor Oh, and that love comes down Without devotion Well, it takes a strong man, baby But I'm showing you the door Cause I gotta have faith I gotta have faith Because I gotta have faith Faith, faith, faith I gotta have faith Faith, faith Finally, it's what we've all been waiting for Let's bring back our winners To play the Ask Me One More Final Round From We Didn't Start the Fire Paul Dreyer From On the Colbert Rapport Mark Levy from our greatest author, Mira Siddharth, from This, That, or The Other, Shannon Sue Higginson, and from The Sound of Art, Max Jenikov. Art, take us out. Afira, our final game is called Johnson & Johnson. Johnson being one of the most common surnames in English, for this final round, we're going to give you a clue about a famous person with the last name Johnson. All you have to do is tell us his or her first name. For example, if I asked you for a Lakers star from the 80s with almost supernatural basketball abilities, you would say Magic or Irvin. We're going to play this spelling bee style, so answer one wrong and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer. Last person standing is our grand winner. Are you ready? Ready. Paul, he rocked the pastel suit and no socks on Miami Vice. Don Johnson. Correct. Mark, he founded a nationwide chain of restaurants famed for their orange roofs. Howard. Howard Johnson, yes. Mira, he's the only president to have been sworn in on an airplane. Lyndon Johnson. Correct. Shannon, he's a blues guitarist who allegedly sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. Pass. I'm sorry, you're out. <laughs> Max, same question. Willie Johnson? No, I'm sorry. Paul, blues guitarist who allegedly sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. I have no idea. <laughs> wow. 
Mark, do you know? Luther? No. Mira, if you know this, you'll be the winner. Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson the winner. Congratulations, Mira. You are a big winner. And you get the grand prize, and this is unbelievable, your grand prize. You will have the opportunity to privately email Dr. Ruth a relationship question, and she'll answer it. Plus, you get your own bottle of Dr. Ruth's wine, Van Damore. Congratulations. Well, that's it for Ask Me Another. We have run out of time. But remember, you can find us in a bunch of games we didn't get to play today on Facebook and Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. There you can also win tickets to see a live recording of Ask Me Another and more. Ask Me Another's puzzle czar is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Mark Pug. The man behind the music of Ask Me Another is Jonathan Colton. Launch at Jot News. Additional puzzle writing contributed by Greg Lightman, Josiah Madigan, Dan Schofield, and David Levinson-Wilk. Ask Me Another was recorded and mixed by Paul Ruest. Our house sound engineer is David Hurtkin. Our associate producer is Josh Rogeson. With production help from John Asante, Eleanor Kagan, Charlie Kaplan, and Noriko Akabe. Our senior supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Our general manager is Portia Robertson Migas. Our executive producer is Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank the Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, our home in Brooklyn, New York, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm her right begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Coming up on Ask Me Another, PBS Idea Channel host Mike Rignetta contemplates how to create a viral video. Question number one, is there a cat? <laughs> Question number two, does someone fall down? How are people doing a silly dance? Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. Shake on!